Well, the grain market has been focused on harvest lately and potential ending stocks, especially in lieu of tight supplies. But we've also been keeping a very close eye on demand, just as important for price support. Coley and Kavanaugh standing by with their thoughts on this week's market activity, brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. Support your local county farm bureau. That support supports the fight to keep farm families farming. So do it today. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Well, listen, guys, uh, you know, we've seen a lot more active soybean trade here this past week and in uh, recent days, but market dynamics are still such that corn seems to be really lagging behind. Now, we've talked about some of the factors that are holding up corn sales, like the value of the dollar, cheaper corn and beans out of South America. But David, still, you know, on those soybeans, some pretty good news in the export sales report this week. Yeah, very good news on soybeans. We had a million O twenty six sold total. Now we did have a cancellation of unknown four eighty six. But China did buy another lot of beans, one point one five million metric tons. And also Japan was a good buyer of one hundred nineteen, and Pakistan even bought soybeans sixty eight. But what the interesting thing is on corn, it's dropping again. It was two sixty one. But on the plus side, China did buy one hundred fifty seven point eight. Japan bought one hundred nine point seven. But unknown canceled 65.7. Ouch. I was disappointed with that. But wheat's coming back again. It was higher than the best guess. The best guess was 450,000 tons. It came in at 533. And Korea bought 109. Unknown. If that's China, that's a plus because they don't buy much wheat. Bought 91. And the Philippines bought 66.5. So we're seeing customer interest that's not really been seen much before in the wheat. So far, the bean export sales, the good corn, miserable. (laughs) It's <laughs> yeah. looking better. And to your point about some folks that we haven't seen typically in the past, Spain, an overnight sale, Spain bought soybeans? Yes. Europe's been buying soybeans from us because of the situation in Brazil and Argentina. The Netherlands have been buying soybeans, and I'm also noticing Germany buying soybeans. These are people in Europe that have never really bought much soybeans yeah. from us before, so it's a very good sign. You mentioned corn, corn export sales not being very good, and they haven't been good for a while. And currently, uh, our export pace on corn is running 11% behind what we need to be at this point to reach the USDA projection. But I'm going to come back. We've talked about this before. I said there's a couple of good reasons for that. Is Number one is South America. Remember the Brazilian crop. It's their second corn crop, the Safrina crop. It's the export crop. That doesn't get harvested until the summer. They had a big crop on the Safrina crop this year. And of course, they can hold it. They have to sell it. So until it gets sold, they cut the price to keep the rest of the world away so they have the market for themselves. And that's lasted longer than usual because they were late getting it out this year. So that's hurt our U.S. exports. That's one thing. That's going to disappear shortly. And, of course, the barge situation has also slowed down exports out of the U.S. And uh, hopefully that one gets fixed sometime soon. And that's a big question. And that can be made up, and I think it will later. John, amazingly, corn prices are holding up pretty well given all of this. Uh, and uh, the export basis historically low because of the low water levels you mentioned on the Mississippi. But, you know, the rain we got early in the week helped bring those river levels up just a bit in the Mississippi, but nowhere near, you know, what what they need to be uh, for the barge traffic to really get rolling again. In fact, I got a notice this week, John, that roughly two-thirds of grain is now being sent to the Pacific Northwest. Talk about the toll that this slowdown in barge traffic is having on demand. Oh, yes. Well, you know, again, if you can't ship it, you can't ship it. So that's why the (laughs) world's going to go elsewhere right now. They're going to South America. But yes, that's a very good point. You know, we'll go to the other exports. We'll be going to the Pacific Northwest trying to make up the difference. 
And the market's uh, typically is quite resilient, but there's one other thing out there that could interfere with this whole thing. We beat this one to death, but it's still out there on the horizon. The rail. Rail. Yeah. The possible rail strike is still looming. Yeah. So, That's coming up in November. You know, I hate to beat a dead horse, but I do believe there will be some strong arming going on. And I think, I don't believe we'll have a strike. I think we'll get a resolution. But it's still looming over us and it could happen. And if it does, holy cow, you can't ship it by cars. You yeah, can't right. ship it by rail. Exports are really getting hurt. Well, you know, one of the other things that's going on out there that seems to be a dynamic that has really been accelerating here over about the last uh, two weeks. But boy, when you talk about soybean crap, Crush, all of a sudden, John, things have gotten kind of nuts. Oh, my gosh, nuts. <laughs> That's an understatement, Rob. We talked about soybean meals been driving the crush because, again, part of that's going to come from the lack of barge movement. Uh, but, you know, soybean meal is a key feed ingredient, animal feed ingredient. The world's got to have it. And they get most of it out of the U.S., those who have to be important, that is. And uh, now that's not moving, and that's and the demand for soybean meal has increased, and that's caused the crust margins to increase. And frankly, it kind of blew me away. Crust margins uh, since the middle of September have gone up to <laughs> gross margins of, of exceed nearby exceeding $3 a bushel. I've never seen that. Oh, my God. That is an incredible uh, crush margin, fantastic crush margin. I've never seen it before. And uh, I like to point out that obviously increases demand for soybeans because crushing plants will, I mean, they'll max out as much as they can crush as they possibly can. But watch out for that soybean basis. You know, we've got a big soybean crop out there. We know that. And the soybean harvest has come very quick, very quick. It's about over, however. Yeah. What happens when the harvest is over? The basis takes off to the upside. That's normal. That's typical. But it's going to be maybe more than ever before because of those kind of crush margins. Watch out, folks. When this bean harvest is over and the beans are all put away, I expect to see the bean basis to go really nuts on the upside. Let's talk about the crush margin because you've already paid for the soybeans. So the crush margin is the difference between what you paid for the beans and what you're getting for the meal and oil. So that's pure profit except for your variable cost, which is that around 45 to 50 cents a bushel. So not that much. Oh, My gosh, they're making 270 a bushel on these. Every bushel they crush. I mean, we were talking before a while ago about ethanol plants making a dollar a bushel, but to see this much going on, you can imagine these bean crush plants guys are just going to be crazy to buy soybeans at some point worry about the basis just get the beans bought yes we've talked about soybeans and soybean oil but when it comes to what comes out of a soybean there's customers arguing over it no i want it no i want it between soybean oil for cooking and biodiesel what is going on in that market because it looks like it's going crazy well it is going crazy i mean i was not aware of this but the diesel fuel is in very short supply just to put it into perspective the difference between diesel fuel and regular gasoline since 2007 has averaged 27 cents a gallon just since last march the premium of diesel fuel prices have skyrocketed it's currently a dollar 45 a gallon premium to gasoline as opposed to an average the normal average of 27 cents a gallon so it's going crazy now what's caused this well the thing i noticed was that in new york with the ultra low sulfur diesel fuel it had a low recently of 380 a gallon now they started moving up and i'll tell you it was a huge bull market recently up to almost 450 a gallon on diesel 
fuel. And what caused it was multitudinous factors. One of them was the Mississippi River. They couldn't make the barges back up from New Orleans where they made the diesel fuel. And at the same time, we're selling our crude oil to other countries that were kicking out the strategic petroleum reserve. So that's also cutting back on diesel fuel. So diesel fuel, we're only looking at 26 day supply at this point. And we're at a historical low. You got to go back to 1980s to see the diesel fuel supply this low. It's going to be a real difficult time here, especially if you're trying to buy diesel fuel and try and book it ahead. Well, apparently it also too, the, the trucking demand is, is much higher because, you know, we all know about the supply chain problems. Yeah, right. We're running trucks like crazy, trying to get more truck drivers and paying the hugely increased salaries for truckers to, to move the products. Yeah. So all of that has, has combined to cause a, a skyrocketing diesel fuel price. So holy cow, I mean, we've talked about a lot of things that are the lowest or the highest ever. Yeah. Breaking a lot of records this year. In terms of soybeans, our harvest here in the U.S., more than 90%, and you guys always tell me it's over 90%, pretty well done. But the one that has been nagging at me is when I look at the number, Indiana was only 54% done with their corn harvest. And I'm thinking, the days are getting shorter. We're getting more rain. We've got cooler temperatures. Weather windows are getting shorter. Better get out and get a bunch of work done this week weekend, I'm thinking. Well, Rod, you got bigger things to worry about than that. This is one of the fastest harvests I've ever been through. It's one of the driest and therefore one of the fastest. And we had the best equipment, of course, we've ever had. I mean, it gets better and better every year. 54% done as of Monday a week ago. You know, there's a lot of years when you're just barely getting into corn harvest on October the 20th. But I can remember a couple of years when we didn't even start corn harvest until almost around Thanksgiving because of a rainy October. So, no, to have 54% done this time of the year and have a dry weather in front of us, what's it going to be when we get to Monday? Is it going to be 75%? And then beans close to 90%. It was probably 80 85% last Monday. And I've done some driving around to see how things are going. It's kind of hard to find a bean field out there. <laughs> yes, so it is. Give corn another two to three weeks and it's going to be over. It was the driest harvest time in Indiana since 1979. We did get some rain this past week, of course, which helped out the river situation more so than I would have thought. That's good. 1979, man. We were all still wearing yeah. short pants back then. <laughs> bunch of old guys crying out loud. One thing, Dave, well, maybe two things. If these beef prices keep on going, it's going to be very difficult to find a cut of beef. And then if you can afford it, that'll be a whole nother thing. What I'm hearing anyway is that the drought in, in the uh, beef producing states, and I'm talking about Colorado, you know, Montana, some of those areas, the drought was so severe and pasture land deteriorated so much that uh, they're just taking the beef and they're <laughs> running to the slaughterhouse. Yeah, because we did see that starting in the spring, continue through the summer. Now, they did get some rain in the last week in the hard red wheat areas, which are also cattle areas. But before this, the drought has been awful, and they just couldn't put the cows out to have the calves with them because the pastures were too dry. So they had to put them in the feedlot early, yeah. which means you get a really slow maturity, and you don't have the quality of beef you normally would have. So it's a negative, negative both cases. So, yes, it's very positive, the beef cash market right now. Yeah, well, so it's going to be, if you can find it, then it will be if you can afford it. Well, there you have it. It is time for the final word. And so everybody just clear the stage, please, and make way. John Cavanaugh coming through for the final word. Mexico is following through on their GMO corn ban. What's the big deal about that? Well, we all know that Mexico is one of the world's largest importers of corn. Yeah. And uh, what, this year, they're the second largest importer of U.S. corn, and that's big business. Now they say that they are going to start banning GMO corn. Well, that's a real problem. 
That means we're going to lose an awful lot of business to Mexico. How could we ever get that back, John? The power of economics. The demand is there and the market will meet it. It's kind of common sense to sit here and say, we'll contract grow it. The demand is there and we're the closest source of corn. You'll see the grain companies going out there and they'll be contract growing non-GMO corn to meet the needs of Mexico. Now, a lot of the corn that goes to Mexico does not come out of our part of the country. This is going to be more common in the western United States, of course, where they're closer. But why is Mexico doing this? They're importing a lot of corn. Most of their corn goes to animal feed, doesn't it? Yes, so what's the difference? Who yes. cares? It goes into animal feed. But you know, the corn they grow in Mexico is almost all non-GMO corn. So they're trying to protect their locally grown corn, number one. And the other thing is, and I found this very interesting, Mexico takes a lot of pride in itself on growing ancient lineages of corn yes. to make consumer products. That is the tortillas and the chips, you know, a small portion of the total corn market, but they're very proud of that. And the flavor profile of these different lineages is a big deal. Yes. The part that I'm a little skeptical about is word coming out of Mexico is, yeah, well, we're going to look to make direct deals with farmers in other countries. Uh, oh, uh, well, yeah, right. I, good luck with that. They don't have the trucks and the boats or nothing. Yeah. They'll helicopter it in. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau and top to bottom, local to national, the Farm Bureau is fully engaged in a couple of things right now. Their get out the boat effort is fully underway. Now, if you're a member like me, you got a text message or maybe an email from Farm Bureau National President Zippy Duvall reminding all of us how important these midterm elections are. And second, the Farm Bureau formalized their list of Farm Bill priorities. Not that there are any surprises there, but the Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state as well as the national level are ongoing. And your Farm Bureau membership makes all that happen. Support your local Farm Bureau. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.